We have students that are called, they are purposed, and God is doing some incredible things, not just for their generation, but I truly believe through their generation for us. And that's what we get to see today. So I've got two of our very own Pathway students that are going to be bringing the word for you guys. So I want y'all excited. I want y'all to get your Bibles out. I want you to take notes because how many know sometimes we need somebody younger than us to open our eyes to something that we need to see? I want y'all to take notes because I know God is going to speak to you today. So I've got two. The first one up, if y'all could all welcome Mr. Garrett Westbrook up to the stage. Oh, man. And then here in just a few minutes after he is finished, we have another lovely lady coming up to speak, and her name is Morgan. So y'all give it up for these guys. How you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Well, um, if y'all don't know me already, I am Garrett Westbrook, probably like one of the many Westbrooks that y'all may have ran across with y'all's time at Pathway. But um, yeah, I'm 16. I am uh, part of the student leadership, uh, leadership crew at uh, Youth, and yeah, I'm ready to bring the word to y'all today. So um, how many of you guys know that uh, we just got back from camp? Yeah, YFN, um, Youth for the Nations, it was amazing. Um, I saw so many great things happen. The Lord was working so well, and like he still is, but there it, it was just amazing. I saw, so that I had a couple of friends that um, should have looked at me. They were like, yo, I, I don't really want to go, honestly. Um, and uh, after a little bit of convincing from J-Dub and <laughs> some other friends, um, they ended up going, and they came back completely changed. And uh, I'm not just talking about, like, from their speech. I'm talking from, like, visibly. They were visibly changed. Their face glowed a different way. I, I like, I, some people that I've, like, barely even seen smile, they smiled. Like, like I couldn't not see them smile, you know? And it, it, it just showed the joy of the Lord and how, like, great he is. I saw countless, countless miracles. ACLs, torn ACLs were healed and they threw their bracket or ACL thingamabobbers up on the stage, and um, they ended up like doing jumping jacks like two a couple minutes later while they were limping like two minutes before. It was insane. These are things that like I can't unsee and which bi uh, like build my faith. You know that's why I'm up here. This is why I'm able to preach to y'all because it's not me speaking; it's the Lord. And these like these faith builders help me with that. So my story. Um, I, uh, well, all, everybody from here is fired up, right? Um, we have, a, uh, like, whenever we're given a fire, uh, what's the first thing that you want to do with it? You want to, like, keep it going, right? If you're out camping, you're going to fan it with a, some paper or something. If it starts to wither, you're going to add more logs, stuff to keep it going. Um, <clears throat> it's the same way with our faith walk. Whenever God gives us a fire, we can't just watch it wither out. We can't just stare at it while it, goes down, you know? We have to do something about it. How? <laughs> How are we supposed to do something about it? Well, it, it's, we see it, uh, we start fanning the flame by becoming curious. How do I know that? It's because God called us to be, like, curious people. God called us to be children of the Lord. Children, ask a lot of questions. <laughs> um, I'm sure y'all know it. <laughs> I've definitely dealt it to my parents. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, our job is to fan it and uh, rather than let it die. But um, so I got back from camp. Everybody's fired up. I'm ready to fan this flame. 
And that lasted about a day. And then I went to another camp. And heck, I'm very blessed that I got to go to this camp. It, uh, I don't know if any of y'all have heard of Pine Cove. I went over there uh, for a week, had a blast, met a bunch of new people. And uh, it's a faith-based uh, camp. And I found myself, my heart was, uh, was in a different place than YFN. And I, I think it's because of how, like, I was so focused on the next activity, you know, like, what's next? You know, it, it wasn't bad things. But whenever I came back from this camp, I looked at my fire and I haven't thrown a log on that in like a week, you know. Um, we're told that we need daily bread and I, I was only getting crumbs, you know, whenever I should be fueling myself with bread every day. And um, yeah, so I saw that it was withered down to a spark. Satan obviously waltzed up there and tried to stomp on it to make sure that I don't fan the flame back. And I mean, that looked like social media, honestly. It could be the simplest things. Heck, these people, young people, it, it's TikTok, Instagram, like the reels, the easy like swipe and this like, oh, funny, funny or whatever. And then like y'all, y'all have y'all's fair share of it. Facebook, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> I know it, bro. I know it. Um, <laughs> yeah, y'all be, mm-mm. <laughs> Yeah, but it it can come from the simplest things. Um, yeah, so I felt like, I mean, temptation hit me whenever I'm scrolling, like constantly scrolling, filling my mind with junk that shouldn't be in there. Whenever I'm hungry, you know, like you don't want to, uh, like you don't want to eat the wrong things. You want to fill your your stomach with healthy things, right? I was filling my stomach with junk whenever I was hungry. Uh, I that, you know, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm over here, uh, fire's withered out, and I'm wiping down the counters in the kitchen, uh, doing my chores, um, and I hear a little voice. Uh, it went something like, <laughs> <It didn't. laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I knew I don't, like, my mind doesn't make that, no like, those noises, nor does my mouth. But, um, yeah, that I, I knew it was the Lord. I was like, oh, shoot, what, what was that, <laughs> you know? Um, I look up, and I'm like, uh, have y'all ever gotten mom stare before? Like, I know some of y'all dealt it. <laughs> some of y'all are, like, proudly repping. Oh, yeah, I have. Um, no, nah, I was getting mom stared by the Lord. That was not cool. <laughs> I did not like that. But, um. I looked up, I was like, Lord, what the heck am I doing? You know, I'm like, why am I filling my mind with all of this whenever I know I could be like thriving over here? You know, why, why am I running away from fanning the flame? I, I, I didn't understand. I kind of just looked at him. I'm like, what the heck? Like, why? And uh, he continued mom staring me. <laughs> and um, I kind of just decided to sit in his presence and just see what's up because I knew it was a heart issue. And after sitting for a bit, I was like, all right, <clears throat> Lord, it's already done. I I'm going to give it to you. Now it's to, like, I need to see where I need to go from here. Like, what's next? That's exactly what I asked. I was like, what's next? What's the next step? What do you, like, what do you want to use me for next? And he responded with, I want to warm your heart for the things to come. And that's the, like, conveniently, the title of this message warming hearts, <laughs> but not, 
Uh, see, it would have been nice if he stopped at warming hearts. Like, son, I want to warm your heart. That, that's like a nice cartoony, like, everything's okay thing. But uh, he said, for what is to come. And that kind of, that was a little ominous, honestly. Because I'm like, oh, what's about to happen, you know? Like, is there something bad about to happen? Like, I, I'm over here questioning myself. I'm like, what's up? And I started thinking, I'm like, maybe... God is talking about this in a different way. Maybe he's warming our hearts to better receive a fire he's trying to put on us, you know? Like, it, it, it can go either way. But um, the first thing, my first point that I want to talk to you about is the fact that God is warming our hearts for beauty. And um, I don't know if y'all have heard of David. He's a pretty popular guy in the Bible. Um, you know, all ages. <laughs> um but uh, he's most known for the Battle of David and Goliath, right? Everybody knows it. Taught it in Sunday school. Up. Um, yeah, but I want to talk about something a little bit different. I'll get into that a little bit later. But I want to talk to you all about um, the fact that God told him that he is the man after his own heart. And uh, I feel like that's a pretty nice trophy to have on your <laughs> shelf. Like the fact that you are the guy, you know. Uh, but we can uh, read this in Acts 13, verse 22, if y'all want to flip with me, if y'all have y'all's Bibles. Um, it says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. In order to see beauty, in order to prep our hearts for beauty, warm our hearts, we must become men and women after God's own heart, you know? We have to constantly fuel ourselves with questions and ask these questions and continue diving in. But how? Like, in, in, this, uh, in this verse, this says it pretty clearly, uh, in order to become men and women after God's own heart, we must be obedient. It says, he will do everything I want him to do. So uh, we have to be obedient, constantly asking ourselves, what's next? What's the next question? We have to be listening to, like, you can't just talk and not listen, you know? We have to be obedient. The next point that I want to talk to you guys about is the fact that God is not only warming our hearts for beauty, but for battle as well. So it's not a bad thing. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but we're going to look back at David, David and Goliath. I'm sure most of y'all know the story, but I'm going to run y'all down on it real quick. It's, um, there's this battle uh, over a nation, and uh, basically these war, like armies are fighting against each other, and one of them's like, yo, let's put up our best men, and then whoever wins this wins the nation, you know? And the other people put up this nine-foot-and-a-half uh, tall man, this giant at the time, I haven't seen a nine and a half foot tall man. That's kind of wild. Um, and uh, David's over here. They're all smack talking over there. They're like, nobody's going to beat us. And David's like running through the crowd. He's like, oh, I, you know, if it was just me, I couldn't. But like, you know, we got God, you know. We got the Holy Spirit on our side. And he's convincing the, uh, the leaders to let him go fight. And eventually... He convinced them. He got up there and shot him down with a stone in the forehead, um, which is honestly, 
it's hard to like imagine, but that's an amazing story about how the Holy Spirit can work through us and empower us to do great things that maybe whenever we're not with him, we think that we can't, you know? Yeah, so um, in uh, 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 36, it talks about a lion and the bear. I, okay, where did the lion and the bear come from? Like, why am I talking about a lion and bear? Well, let's read this real quick. It says, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued it from the sheep's mouth, or uh, rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. This dude that was watching over some sheep killed a lion and a bear. Okay, I'm going to run you down on this real fast. David watched over his flock of sheep, right? He had daily encounters with other wild creatures trying to get into the pen or the gates of it. And he'd fight them off. You know, coyotes and wolves are a lot easier to scare off than a lion or a bear because they are smaller than you. You know, whenever it comes to a lion and a bear, they pose a greater threat to your sheep because they'll tear through you to get to it rather than being able to be scared off. So yes, this isn't as big as a threat as Goliath, but it's still a threat to your own sheep. This man went out of his way chased into the woods, rescued the sheep from its... I want you to imagine reaching into a lion or a bear's mouth and yanking a sheep from it. That... What? (laughs) No way, bro. Like, I I couldn't imagine it. But this dude went out and did that. And then he didn't run away after. He didn't take the sheep out and was like, I'm good, you know? He grabbed it by its hair and slashed it. And killed it, you know, so that it didn't pose a threat to his own sheep later. See, these lions, these bears, they're our daily battles, you know. This could look like anger, temptation, anything, like addiction in general. It can look like anything. But we have to be prepared daily. We have to take these up daily and not just scare them off because they'll come back and try to get your sheep. You know, you can't just scare them off. You have to go by, grab the sheep from its mouth, say, I'm not of you, and then kill it, and it is done. You have to take your addiction, your anger issues, etc., and kill it. You can't just scare it off. This is what God was preparing David for. He went out, he prepared David by these fights, And then he ended up being able to go up to Goliath and be like, I fought these off before. This is nothing to me. You know, this is fine. I got the Holy Spirit. He's worked through me previously. He can work with me now. And he killed Goliath. Whenever you face your daily struggles, your lions and bears, your Goliath in the future will be nothing. You can stand confidently knowing that the Lord is with you. Now, the way to defeat these... You can join a life group. These addictions, these struggles that you have, these lines of bears, 
You know, the, that's one of the best ways to overcome these things. You know, community. Community is a good way to keep your standards up. You know, the standards that you set for yourself. Some days that you're not yourself. Because honestly, I'm not the same guy every day. Sometimes, some days are harder than the others. You know, you, you need people to keep you accountable to these things so that you can slash the line in the bear's neck rather than scare it off. Another way, you can create a daily devotional. Most fights with lions and bears happen in your room, on your knees, crying for the Lord with the sword in your hand and saying, I am not of this, you know. Another good way is to get discipled. That's the best way to learn about the Lord because you have other people speaking into your life constantly. Again, with community, you know, keeping you like your standards up, you know? So, yeah, it's a, it's a daily choice, fighting your bears and lions. But it's all worth it because whenever you kill these bears and lions, you'll eventually, the bigger problems, I don't know what the heck it is, but whenever it comes for you, it'll have no hold over you in the future. Your Goliaths will be nothing. So, thank you. What's up, guys? How you doing? I guess I got two waters now, too. Um, I'm Morgan. I just graduated. I was a student, and now I'm, I had the privilege of being a crew leader in our student ministry. I'm so excited. Um, I just want to say what's up to everyone. How we doing? Doing good? Okay, cool. Um, okay. So my sermon title is More Than Able. We're going to start out in Mark 8. So if y'all want to turn there with me. Okay, so we're going to be looking at Mark 8, 17. But first I'm going to do a little preview for y'all. Um, how many know the story of the fishes and the loaves? Yeah, a couple. We have a couple. Okay, so I'm going to give you a rundown. Um, Jesus is with the crowd. Jesus and the disciples, they're with the crowd, and he's preaching, and whatever, whatever, and he's like, okay, this crowd's hungry. I need to feed them so they don't, like, pass out on their way home, you know, and so he's like, okay, how much food we got? We got seven loaves of bread, a couple fish, and the disciples are like, okay, so, like, you want us to go buy food? And he's like, nah, I got it, and he multiplies the seven loaves and the few fish to 4,000 people, and so that's like, whoa, like, we're already like, okay, that's a huge miracle. That's amazing. Like, imagine actually witnessing that. Like, that's, that's crazy. Like, a couple loaves of bread and it feeds 4,000 people. Like, and let's not mention that um, he already did this, chapter 6, a little before that. He fed 5,000 people with, like, a couple loaves also and a couple fish. So he's, like, pulling out with these miracles. And you think, you think the disciples are like, okay, this man's got us. Like, he can, he can do anything, which he can. But come a little later, verse, we come to verse 17, they're chilling on the boat, same chapter, so just a little while later, and... They realize, so they're on the boat, and one of the disciples realizes, like, oh, oh we kind of forgot the bread. We only got one loaf. And so, so they're tripping. And, okay, last service, someone informed me that maybe my Gen Z lingo, not everyone's going to understand. So I'm going to elaborate a little. When I say tripping, 
I mean, they were worrying. <laughs> they, they were worrying <laughs> um, about the fact that they had one loaf. And Jesus is trying to tell them, like, warn them about the leaven of the Pharisees, trying to warn them over false prophets and everything. And they're like, oh, the leaven, like the yeast, like the bread. Oh, he's mad. Like, he's mad. <laughs> he knows about the bread. We only have one loaf. What are we going to do? So they're tripping. They're worrying <laughs> about the bread. And then Jesus... He pops off. Oh, that's another one. When I say pops off, I mean he gets a, he gets a little a little feisty. That's what I'm saying. He, so Jesus pops off saying this. He says, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having, no, having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear, and do you not remember? When I read that, it took me back. I was like, dang, he's popping off. Like, like, they, they just witnessed the miracle. They just witnessed him, per, like, literally multiplying and providing for thousands of people. Thousands of people. And, like, same chapter, they're worrying, like, oh, crap, we don't have food. What are we going to do? Like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Like, and Jesus is like, I literally just provided for you. Like, I just did this. Like, how are you doubting me already? And so when I read that, I was thinking, I was like, how many times do we directly after a miracle turn around and instantly start worrying or instantly start doubting or whatever we start tripping honestly um and that like okay for us like we come back from camp um god moves in miraculous ways god is so good and he's like the presence of god was so powerful at camp and then we come back and we're like oh we don't really know if he can do that again because we're not at camp like oh we don't really know like that was a YFN thing. Like, no, God has proven he, that he is able to move. And, like, so why are we turning around and saying anywhere, yeah. Um, why are we turning around and saying, like, oh, we don't know. Like, and same thing with, like, it could be when he calls you to surrender. Like, you want to hold on to your stuff when he's already proven that he can do much more with your fishes and loaves than you can. Um or whenever something crack, like finances are on the crackdown, like you're you're struggling, with unexpected doctor's bills, unexpected job loss, and you're like, well, what am I gonna do? Like I have no options. But God's already provided so many times. He's already proven that like He is the provider and that He is fully capable. And it just comes with that trust, though. Like uh, J.W. once uh, compared life to a balancing weight. And he was telling me how, like, that so many times we get consumed with the weight of our lives. So many times, like, his example was, you know, he got his family, and he wants to make sure everyone's provided for. He wants to make sure the kids have everything they need for school. He wants to make sure that everyone, like, is good financially, physically, emotionally, everything. It's so much weight. And, like, that's for all of us. Like, you know, we got pressure of school and we got our family and we got whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's so much weight and we get consumed in that, completely forgetting that there's somebody on the other side fully able to like balance that out, fully capable of balancing it out. And he wants to. The thing is that there's no weight too heavy for God ever. There's no weight. He, he loves us unconditionally. And like, so no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what you're going through, like he, he wants to be that balancing weight. Um, and that made me think of the story in the book of Hosea. Hosea was a prophet, and God called him to marry an unfaithful woman. 
Um, some translations call her a prostitute or a promiscuous woman, but she, so she was an unfaithful woman. And God says, like, go love her, like, make her your wife, whatever. And being an unfaithful woman, she, even though Hosea had done all these things for her, she still turned away, ran away, and cheated on him. But then God says in verse 3, Hosea 3, 1, he says, um, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So Hosea is like God, and the woman, the unfaithful woman, is like Israel and is like us when, like, God loves us unconditionally, and he's made, like, he's brought us home, and then we turn away, and we put other things in front of him, or, like, the Israels, we worship false gods or whatever, and God's like, okay, but, like, I'm going to run after you and redeclare my love for you and bring you home again every time, and the reason I tell you this is because it's like, no matter where you are in life, no matter how much you've changed since the last time he's proven himself, like no matter what you've done or your circumstances or if you've ran away, it doesn't matter because it's not about you. His love is unconditional and he's chasing after you every time and he wants to be that balancing weight for you every time and he's fully capable of it. So it's just a matter of trust. Like, Like the reason, the word that God put on my heart is just like, for me and for you, it's just to say that you can trust God. Like, he wants you to trust him, and he loves you, and he's not going to abandon you. He's going to chase after you every time. It doesn't matter what's going on. Like, he, you can trust him because he's able to provide, and he's going to. Um, this got, this became clear to me this week. Um, when I, Okay, so here's my story, little story of this week. I got asked to preach. Um, so the first time I preached, it was on a Wednesday night. It was my first time, a couple months back, and I was so nervous. I was like, I was tripping. <laughs> no, I was so nervous. And like, I had a little stage fright, you know, like uh, even before that, I asked to like, I got asked to lead a game. Hold on, I need a drink of water. Oh, I'm thirsty. One second. I had to do that last service too, because Mouth gets dry up here. Anyways, so I, I got asked to lead a game, and I was like, no. Like, I'm too scared. Like, I will not step on stage, like, ever. Like, that would never be me. Well, God had other plans. Anyways, so I got asked to preach. I was so scared, and I accepted because I didn't have a choice. <laughs> but um, uh, I was so nervous. Like, my friends know I was, like, so scared. And then, so when I got asked to preach again today, I had a choice. I'm like, okay, am I going to, like, walk in fear again and anxiety? Or am I going to choose to remember what God did for me the first time? Because the first time, yeah, I was so nervous, but God gave me the word. He gave me the strength. And I tell you, the minute, the second I stepped on this stage, he covered me with his peace completely. And he, he, he carried me through the whole thing. And so I was, okay, I have a choice. I'm gonna, am I going to walk in fear again? Or am I going to, like, is that going to be my confidence, what he did for me last time? Is that going to, am I going to stand on that and remember, like, okay, he provided last time. He did it last time. He is able. He can do it again. So I chose. I chose to, like, walk in that confidence and not be scared. 
And it was awesome. It was great. I was chilling. Like, everything was cool. And then life hit me. And so last weekend, I got so sick. And I, I'm i still a little, you know, if you can't if you can't tell, I'm a little um, sick still. But I was sick. I was mentally drained from it. Um, I was just not, I was not feeling it, to be honest. And I just started having all these doubts. Like, so it was like, when I was on the mountaintop, when I was on the mountaintop, it was so easy to just be like, bet. Like, I trust God, let's go. Like, I'm so excited. And then life hit me, and I was down, and I was like, dang, it's kind of harder now. I'm like, there's all that, like, can I do this? Like, I'm sick, I'm drained. Like, how am I going to do this? God, can you still move through me? Like, having all these doubts and stuff. And uh, I was reading Psalms 145. It says, one generation, <laughs> sorry about that, <clears throat> Psalms 145, verse 4, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the mi- of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. So I was reading that and I was like, and like God, Jesus's words on the boat were like ringing through my head. Like, do you not yet understand? Cause I'm over here doubting like, I'm sick. Like I can't do this. Do you not yet understand? I'm like, dang it. Yeah. Okay. And I was reading this and I was like, okay, I have a choice here. I can be like the disciples on the boat and forget everything and just be like, I'm scared. I can't do this. Or I can be like David and I can meditate on his wondrous works. And I can choose to trust him and choose to remember what he did for me the first time and that he can provide again. And so, yeah, I just want to pray that over all of us today, that we will choose to remember what he's done and choose to remember that he is able and that he will provide and we'll choose to trust him. Okay. Lord, Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much. We just pray today for strength and confidence to choose to remember what you've done, to choose to trust in everything that you have and choose to trust that you are able, that you are fully capable of doing what you've promised, to do the unknown, to do the impossible, Lord. There's nothing out of your hands, Lord, and we just, today we're just declaring that, that we trust you, that we have faith in your faithfulness, Lord. We just thank you so much for being faithful in everything, and we are choosing to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, wasn't that good? Did you guys enjoy that? Maybe one of the best um, weekends we've ever had, man. God is so good. And isn't it great to see young people who are in love with Jesus and fired up? And and uh, I just, you know, to me, I just pray this weekend. I was so excited about this weekend, and I was just praying. I said, Lord, just let it stir us all up a little bit. You know, let it stir us all up a little bit where maybe if we've been in a rut, you know, we all get in spiritual ruts. You know, that's why we're in 21 days of prayer right now. We all get in spiritual ruts. Kind of we, sometimes we get really comfortable, right? And um, and yet then seeing some young people take some big steps. How I many you know it's hard to stand up in front of people 
period. It's hard to stand in front of people and give a book report, much less stand up in front of people and, and preach. But man, they did a great job today and worship and everything. And, you know, part of where today came from was really God just uh, put a burden on my heart with our pastors. And, um, you know, we've always been a multi-generational church, and we thank God for that. We've had ministry and discipleship for all generations, all ages. Uh, you know, Pastor Jessica and Holly and their team and children's ministry and Pastor Jay, J-Dub and Kayla and, and all of our leaders in student ministry. But as I was praying about it, I really felt like the Lord wanted us to make a shift. And the shift is this. Instead of thinking multi-generational, I want us to think intergenerational. And the difference is multi-generation means all the generations are present. Intergenerational means all the generations are interacting. And I think when you look at the Bible, you know, there's no junior Holy Spirit. You know, we don't, we don't do child care so the grown-ups can have church. Um, we're preaching the gospel in that side of the building, right? We have wonderful serve team and teachers and, and, and they're preaching the gospel. And on, on, you know, Wednesday nights, we don't have, uh, teenager activities. So parents can feel better about coming to this church because there's something for their teenager. No, the Holy Spirit is meeting with a generation of young people and they're encountering God and God's working and doing miracles and things in their life. There's no junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that meets us, meets them, meets them. And, and what I can see is while it's wonderful, and I think, and we'll continue obviously to have ministry for all the different age groups. We definitely want to be preaching the gospel in a way that everybody can understand. Absolutely. Um, but it's so important when you study scripture what you see from Israel, from God's chosen people, was that all the promises of God were made to the kids as much as the adults. And and you see, I mean, you look at Deuteronomy 6, and it talks about, hey, take these sayings of the Lord, and when you sit in your house, talk about them, write them on your doorpost. And again, this is talking about intergenerational ministry. You can see it in the life of Timothy, where Paul says, hey, Timothy, I know you're feeling a little anxious, that you're feeling, uh, you're tripping, as, as Morgan would say. I know, Timothy, I know you're straight tripping today. But I just want you to know, I want you to call to remembrance that gift of faith that was imparted to you by your grandmother and by your mother. And, and I think we have to understand that, that, that there is a valuable component to whether you're talking about unity, faith formation, discipleship, mission, there is a valuable, um, valuable commodity, a value, valuable, there is powerful when generations interact, just like David said in Psalm 145, that, that your one generation will declare your works to the other. Today, we just kind of did it, you know, a different way. We had a younger generation declaring their, the works of God to an older generation in some ways. And sometimes it's the older generation declaring to the younger generation. But it, my point is it takes both. My point is it takes both. And, you know, we'll grow. Listen, adults, listen. You know, um, we'll grow and be challenged. Sometimes we step out of our comfort zone and say, okay, Pastor J-Dub, you probably need more crew leaders, and I can lead a crew. And you're like, well, I don't think I can lead a crew. Well, that's why you have a Pastor J-Dub, because he will teach you how to lead a crew if you want to change lives. And, and I think the main thing we have to understand, when you look at the Bible, 
You know, we have uh, David, who who G talked about today. David, who as a teenager liberated Israel from the Philistines, right? And so you're never too young for God to use you. But then we talk about Abraham when he was 99 years old. God said, okay, now it's time for the promise. So you're never too old for God to use you. So today, if if you're be between the ages of birth and death, then then uh, then God can use you. And as a church, I want us to embrace the idea of intergenerational ministry where we are declaring God's works to each other. Where Listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think there's some people in the room and you're just like, I didn't, I just think I'm too old or maybe I don't know enough or I'm incapable and and it's held you back from maybe getting on a serve team. Maybe it's held you back from ministering in children's ministry or even helping out in student ministry. And I just want you to know, you know, just kind of like what Morgan said, God is more than able. God, God, listen, God will use anything with a pulse. Ask, ask Balaam's donkey. Right? And I mean, that in my life has given me such, like if God can speak through a donkey, there's a little hope for me. Amen. And so I just want to encourage us, as maybe even some of our adults, maybe just consider if you're not on a serve team, maybe it's time to get off the sidelines and get in the game. And uh, we don't need more pew warmers. You know, we, we need more people involved changing lives. And, and I know in my life, some of the most impactful moments I've had were, were, as a kid were in children's ministry with my Sunday school teachers and children's church leaders. Back then we had Sunday school and children's church. Now we have just, you know, children's ministry. But but it was impactful for me. And I'm telling you what, we need people that want to preach the gospel. And you can do it. And we and listen, our team does all the work for you. It's not even hard. Um, it's just we need people that, that want to preach the gospel and want to follow God. And here's what I'll tell you. Think about this. Think, think about growth and unity and mission. And when you think about those three things, that's got to be intergenerational because you'll grow. Listen, you'll grow when you have to go to the other side of the building and all of a sudden you're responsible in a way for the faith of a bunch of little people, right? You'll grow when you show up on Wednesday night and say, Pastor Dove, I'm here to lead a crew. And a crew, as a crew leader, I'm going to stay with them from junior high until they graduate. And I'm going to be their person. I'm going to intercede for them. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to teach them. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. You can, but you'll never do it until you do it. Does that make sense? And so, you you know, when, when we step out that way, number one, we grow. But number two, we get to see God work through us and how other people grow through what God does through us. And then I thought about unity. When the Bible talks about unity, it's not talking about the unity of adults. It's talking about the unity of the church. And the church is everyone that's born again, right? So, and then I thought about mission. Now, I just want to clarify that when we talk about a pathway, we're here to help every person believe in Jesus, belong to a family, become a disciple, and build God's kingdom. Every person starts at birth, and every person goes until they go to see Jesus, right? And so we're talking about everybody in the middle. And, and I want us to have that mindset as a church and lean in. And I just want to challenge you today to say, hey, do you need to get involved? That, really, this was not the goal of today. Today was just... I. I 
God led us to do it, and we wanted to, to have a next-gen takeover. But as I was praying this week, I was really just started to say, hey, maybe it's time you step up and step in and, and get involved. And, and I'm believing, you know, as we continue to grow, and obviously we are growing, and probably some may need to move to the 815 or the 1145, and God will bless you if you'll move. And uh, you'll be God's favorite. <laughs> of course, the 815 is pretty full. Sometimes 1145 um, is pretty full. But as we continue to grow, I want us to grow together, all generations. Do you hear what I'm saying? I want us to grow together, all generations. Um, and uh, and and I, I just believe God is going to do incredible things. Um, I, I was I, Real quick, I was asked about all the buildings and land and all that. Most of you have heard. Uh, we are considering the purchase of a of a larger building that we would actually own. We had a big meeting Monday. Overwhelmingly, our church is excited about that and has encouraged us to move forward as an elder team. And so this week, they'll be inspecting that property. And upon the completion of that inspection, as long as satisfactory, we'll probably offer a uh, make a formal offer. And so we'll keep you updated, but just continue to pray on our new campus. Uh, the engineers are supposed to be finishing the design of a head wall. Then that will be put in on the bridge. So we have a lot going on. Thank you for praying. But regardless of where we go, the next place have more room, the next place will have more room. I, I want it filled up with every generation, every generation. I do. I want it filled up with every generation uh, because we need every generation. We need the Davids. We need the Abrahams. We need everybody in between, right? I think was it Hezekiah that became king at seven or eight years old? Is that is that right? Um, so, anyways, um, or no, Uzziah. That was it. Yeah, sorry, not Hezekiah. He was a good king though, but he wasn't that young. It was Uzziah. So, um, so, anyways, um, I want to ask you to stand now. And uh, we're going to pray over all of our students, uh, teachers, faculty, staff, administrators, anybody in education or working in education. So I'm going to ask all of our students, pre-K through college, um, if you're still here, I know a lot of, like my son and Jen, all of our boys uh, that are in college are all at college. And so they may have, you're, maybe yours have already gone back to college, but if you're here, we want to pray for you. And so if you just come and, and stand up here in the front again, all the students and college, pre-K. And then also, if you're an educator, administrator, faculty, staff, anything that, that has to do with that. If you work university, preschool, homeschool co-op, uh, you know, obviously K through 12. Uh, but we want to pray for all of those involved in educating uh, the next generation. And so we want to pray for you uh, today. And so you come to and, and church, I just want you to know, I don't know how long it's been since you've been on a school campus, um, but it's, <laughs> it's wild. You know, it's, it's not exactly like it was. I thought it was bad when I was in school. Um, but, you know, there's just so, so much pressure on kids and so many things they're exposed to. And then there's really a lot of constricting uh, laws and things on educators and teachers and, and faculty administrators and all those. And, and it's just it's just a challenge. And they need our prayer, right? They need our prayer. And if you know someone up here, I want you to kind of put them on your prayer list and say, hey, this school year, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for that school. 
Um, and if you don't meet someone before you leave, just pick out one of these kids. Say, hey, what school do you go to? And then you pray over that school. But I want to make sure we cover them in prayer, that they're safe, right? That they're safe. Um, and pray for these campuses. Uh, and pray that they're missionaries and they're salt and they're light and that God keeps them and, and that they really get educated and not indoctrinated. Because there's a lot of indoctrinating going on in the educational system. And, um, I mean, it's, guys, this is, I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but there's an interview with Kirk Cameron. He wrote a children's book, and it was about pride. It wasn't, obviously, there's a lot of theme there, but but it wasn't um, in, inflammatory at all. And uh, he just asked some schools if he, because they had our reading times in their library. And he said, I'd like to come and read. I'm an author. I'd like to come read from this book. And they turned him down. Now, that's okay, except that the same schools had drag queens in the libraries during reading time, reading books about all types of gender issues to elementary age kids. And so I'm just saying, if you don't think there's a war going on, this is not to demonize anybody or whatever. If you don't think there's a war going on in our educational systems, then we have to wake up, we have to see it, we have to pray. And so I want us to pray together today. So I'm going to ask you just to, to reach your hands forward, if you will, stretch out your hands. Father, thank you so much for a day like today where we are all reminded that believers come in all shapes and sizes and all ages. And we're reminded today that age is not what's important. What's important is having a heart for you and having that surrender and that obedience to walk out whatever you ask us to do. And Lord, I just pray that spirit over our church, just that spirit of surrender and obedience, just to follow you and do whatever you ask us to do. And God, I pray over our students today, God, pre-K all the way through college, Lord, I just pray, God, that this would be a wonderful school year. I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit would rest upon each one of them. God, that you would go before them, that you would protect them, that you would guide them and lead them, that you would watch over them and give your angels charge over them. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would keep them. Lord, I pray you'd protect their faith from all the demonic influences of the enemy. And God, I just pray what you have begun, the good work you have begun in them, Lord, we would see it to completion by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that, that you would keep them. God, I pray for our campuses just in this area, God, Longview and Pine Tree and Spring Hill and White Oak and Hallsville and Gladewater and Gilmer and Big Sandy and, and uh, Harleton and Sabine and Tatum and God, all, all of those campuses for LCS and Christian Heritage and, and, um, and Trinity and, and God, for all the other campuses in our area, God, we just pray for protection, number one, for all of our students and teachers. But God, we pray, God, that you would be glorified on those campuses. God, that you would raise up young people to be salt and light, to speak truth, to preach the gospel using their actions and when necessary, using their words. God, I just pray, raise up this generation. Lord, I declare there's so much hope in Gen Z. God, you have such great plans for this generation. And God, I pray that we would do our part to stand with them, encourage them, lead them 
them, pour into them, God, so that everything you've called them to be, they'll be. Everything you've destined them for, they'll 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 fulfill to the fullest, God. That Gen Z is, as Garrett was preaching, that Gen Z would be a generation after your own heart, a generation seeking truth. And and so, Lord, I just pray, be with each of these students, and God, for all of our administrators, educators, faculty, staff, all of all of those leaders in our school systems, I just pray a grace and a wisdom, God, that you would use them. Let them be light, God, in dark places. God, I pray you would keep them safe. Lord, God, I just pray you'd give them understanding. And God, I just pray like never before you would use them, not only in education, but God, just in all that they do and how they do it, let them point people back to you. So Lord, I just thank you for this generation. I thank you for our students. I thank you for our teachers and those willing to serve and willing to lead and willing to teach. And God, I just pray your anointing and blessing and grace over them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Yeah, come on, let's give Jesus praise. Yeah. All right, I'm going to let all you guys, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go be seated. And then um, we're going to pray. I do want to say this, that if you are an educator, administrator, faculty, staff, if you fit in that category, pre-K through college, uh, we have a gift for you today when you leave. It's a co- Pathway coffee mug, and so Merry Christmas. But also, uh, it's a free coffee from Yukon Coffee. And we thank uh, the people who own and operate Yukon Coffee are a part of our church, and we thank them for being uh, willing to work with us on that. And so uh, so we want to make sure if you fit in that category, we want you to stop by and get your free gift. It's right by the door on your way out. Can't miss it. They'll be looking for you. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come, and I don't know if they had a scheduled one. So if you're on prayer team, whether you're scheduled or not, would you just come and help me out here today? And then we want to pray for everyone who needs prayer. Uh, so so we're here and available to pray with you. But let's bow our heads uh, just one more time as we dismiss. And uh, if you need prayer today for anything, we want to pray. If you need a relationship with Jesus, you need to be forgiven. You, you just feel like God's speaking to you. You've got a burden or a situation. We want to pray with you. So, Father, thank you so much for days like today. God, what an incredible day in your presence. God, we're so excited about all the things you have in store, not only for this generation, but our church for every generation. Lord, it's never over. God, it's never over. You you have new mercy and new grace. And God, you're always working. So God, we just pray. Let us be a church that prays, use us, Lord, especially during this 21 days of prayer. Let us be a church that says, use us. And Lord, we just thank you again for this day in your presence. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, you can give him one more praise today. Pastor Marty here from Pathway Church, and I just want to say thank you for joining us, and I want to encourage you to get connected and stay connected, and there's several ways you can do that. Number one, you can download the Pathway app, and we are all the time offering resources and information on that app for you. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, and if you do, make sure you click the bell so that you never miss any life-giving and life-changing content as we add it to the channel, and then also... Uh, Make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Look, 
Our hope and heart for you is that you walk in the purpose for which God made and created and redeemed you for. We love to connect people to purpose. We thank you for giving us this opportunity. And if you're ever in Longview or you are in Longview, I'd love to invite you to join us in person each weekend. Listen, I pray God's best for your life. I believe if you follow Jesus, your best is ahead.